It's time for Making It Personal, a personalized SC podcast. Let's jump into today's episode. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Making It Personal podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Fersner, and today we are joined by a very special guest. We are joined by our friend Sydney from Redesign. Now, if this is your first podcast episode, um, Sydney, I'm going to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself and share a little bit about the work that you do with Redesign, and then we'll jump into our topic for today. That sounds great, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be here. Um, apologize for the scratchy voice. It's okay. I'm a, a, a rusty musician and dusted off the guitar a few days ago. And here, oh, here awesome. I am. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I am Redesign's managing director. I'm also an educational designer at Redesign. We support schools, districts, and um, of course, folks at the state level too, um, in sort of reimagining uh, the K-12 education system and thinking about ways we can make it more equitable and more learner-centered. Um, and I support a lot of our work at Redesign around specifically competency-based learning system design and implementation. So I'm delighted to be here to talk more about that with you. Yes, yes. So let's go ahead and segue into our topic. Um, we're going to be talking all about this new tool that's been created for educators. It's called First Steps, a teacher's guide to competency implementation. And if you're a fan of the channel, then you know that a few episodes ago, we did a whole series on the profile of the South Carolina graduate competencies. Well, this is a tool that has been created to kind of aid in the use and implementation of those competencies. So let's start there. Um, Tell us a little bit more about what this implementation guide is and um, what makes it different from other tools that could be used to help with implementing competencies in the classroom? Yeah, great question, Carrie. So the competency implementation guide is really a toolkit for educators who want to try out uh, implementing the profile of South Carolina graduate competencies in their daily practice. And the the whole purpose of the framework itself was to to make that profile of a South Carolina graduate actionable, something that we could could implement, we could support in all learners across the state every day. And so this implementation toolkit was really designed to support the process of implementing those competencies and to make it really clear and really actionable Um, So if you're an educator in South Carolina and you want to see that profile um, come to life in your classroom, this is a great tool for you. Or if you're an educator across the state and you believe in some of the competencies that that we've developed in South Carolina, things like learning independently, navigating conflict, reasoning quantitatively, um, to name a few, sustaining wellness, um, you could pick this up too and try it out. To your, to your question about what makes this sort of special or different, there are a couple of things I'll highlight. Um, the first is, as I said, it really it's a really practical guide. It takes some fairly complex ideas and processes and breaks them down into a step-by-step process that you can sort of pick up wherever you are in your journey. So if you are brand new to these competencies, step one in the guide is, hey, let's explore the competencies. Let's make some connections to the profile. Let's take take a deeper look at the anatomy of one competency. How's it put together? How how does this connect to to our daily practice? Or if you're a veteran teacher, you're familiar with the competencies, it can also support your your deeper dive. It also, another thing I love is that it offers multiple entry points. So similar to the point about where where you are in your process, you can sort of dip in at a, a, a less complex um, stage of the work and try it out and then kind of move forward and try more 
more advanced uh, implementation methods, for example. It also includes some really great videos from teachers who are speaking to their own experience and sharing insights to help you along the way. And I love that to hear from teachers who are doing this work. Um, they have a lot to share. Uh, so there are videos and call out quotes. Um, it also has a, a lot of embedded tools and resources from you know, uh, process guides to worked examples to templates that you can, you know, so you don't have to build from scratch. Um, and even a teacher journal that you can use to sort of support you in your meaning making process. And the last thing I'll share about it that I think is really special, and I'm going to nerd out here for a moment, but it embeds an action research process. So um, there's a there's a sort of um, methodical way that you can implement the competencies and do it in a way that sets you up to not only um, capture data on student growth on the competencies, um, and we'll, we can talk about that more in a little bit, but also to study your own process. How did this go? Um, what can we learn so that in our next implementation, um, or if we're supporting others in this process, we've got some, you know, some really thoughtful data and tools that we've tried out, um, and there's and it's sort of a robust process. So I I love that action research piece that's built in and the guide that supports that as well. So those are some of the things I feel pretty excited about. And I have to do a shout out to Melissa Slater who was the lead um, author in this toolkit. She did an amazing job. So I'm excited about it. Yes, thank you yeah. so much for that high level overview of just everything that this guide encompasses. Going back to something that you mentioned, obviously this tool can be used by teachers who are in the field on the ground. Um, could you talk a little bit about how it can be used in terms of targeting skills when it comes to the competencies, maybe how it can be used with building rubrics or establishing learning targets, analyzing student work. How can it be used um, in those That's regards? That's great, Carrie. Everything you just mentioned is actually literally a step in the process of this 10-step guide. Um, oh, so cool. yeah, so you know, once you choose your entry point, the guide will prompt you to choose a competency. What, you know, where do you want to start? What competency uh, is most interesting to you or most aligned to the sort of disciplinary content that you're working with? Um, and so once you choose a competency of focus, um, you know, that's where you sort of drill in. And, you know, this speaks a little bit to the design of the competencies, but every competency is made up of a set of sort of essential skills that, you know, if you want to um, be a, uh, competent in reading critically or in designing solutions. Here are the sort of key skills that make up that competency. And then for each skill, we have what we call sort of a developmental continuum that describes how those skills evolve um, at higher levels of complexity. Uh, and it's not tied to grade levels. It's really developmental milestones. So there's a level one is for your sort of early learner, age three, four, five, um, all the way to sort of pre-professional. So when you're, you know, how do I target a skill? And this is where I get really excited about implementing the profile of a South Carolina um, graduate, where we talk about things like we want every learner in South Carolina to be a critical thinker. Okay, well, what does that look like in reading? What does that look like right. in designing solutions? And so the, the, the implementation guide um, walks teachers through a process of choosing that skill. Um, and then to your point about sort of building the rubric, um, there, you don't have to build from scratch. Those developmental continuums are there. And the guide walks you through how you would pull those indicators right from the framework and basically turn it into your, your rubric. Um, and it's nice because it's not this sort of evaluative rubric of, you know, where there's a lot of language that typically describes what's missing. Instead, it describes 
what is there at each developmental stage. So you've got this cool developmental rubric that you can build out. Um, and then, you know, you asked about learning targets and analyzing student work. That's exactly the process. Once we've developed the rubric that we're going to use, we figure out our data collection plan. Okay, so is it, am I going to try this out with all my students? Am I going to try this out with one particular class? Um, you kind of figure out some of the logistics of your data collection plan, and then you get into the planning part of, okay, what are my learning targets? How does this skill that I want to focus on work together with this standard or standard grouping that I'm going to be, you know, teaching around my unit or project. Um, and then we get into before the analysis of student work, the real, you know, the, the real sort of uh, special sauce, I think in this whole thing um, is where we plan for uh, explicit skill instruction and practice, right? Giving learners the opportunity to see these skills in action, to see them modeled and to get to try them out themselves. Um, and then of course you're, you're moved through the process of gathering data on student work or you know, through student work, analyzing that data um, and figuring out what are the responsive supports? What do we need now to help learners in developing these skills? And if I can nerd out for a few more minutes, I wanna just point to um, sort of some of the research uh, grounding for the, not just the competency framework, but this implementation guide as well. There are really two concepts I want to highlight. One um, is, is that of cognitive apprenticeship. Um, and the guide walks us through exactly the steps of um, the sort of highest form of scaffolding really for learners. And if I could boil down personalized competency-based learning into one word, it would really be apprenticeship, right? There's a, a mentor or an expert who's working closely with you one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. You're getting the opportunity to see the thing modeled for you. So in the old days, it was what, like making a shoe or building a piece of furniture. And now it's like, no, no, we got to lift the hood on our cognitive processes, right? Um, and make our thinking visible for learners. And we talk in the guide about how to do that um, using think alouds or, or metacognitive modeling. Um, and then, of course, we can't stop there. We don't just assess right away, right? We give them, we give learners the opportunity to try this, try this piece of it, and get some feedback, and maybe revise and, and move forward. So that's sort of the cognitive apprenticeship principle. And then the other sort of core, um, sort of uh, uh, research base for this work is is work around efficacy. Um, and both of these actually come from like the 70s and 80s, which a lot of good things came out of the 70s and 80s, I would say. But efficacy is this idea, right? This belief in your own capability to take specific actions uh, to help you achieve your goal. It's really about belief in your, in your own ability. And the, and the framework and the implementation guide are really designed to create an efficacy building experience for learners. And Bandura talks about, you know, multiple ways that we can, create an environment that supports efficacy development for learners, like, you know, low anxiety learning experiences or um, creating opportunities for young people or any learner to see someone successfully do a thing who shares aspects of your social um, identity. Um, encouragement is a big one as well. Just being a positive, you know, coach and cheerleader in the corner of your learners, but the most effective method for building efficacy in learners is giving them the opportunity to have a mastery experience. That's what Bandura called it. And he described this as sort of bite-sized learning. So this, you know, kind of chunk it for learners in this accessible, manageable bite, and then create these learning opportunities where they get to try it out, demonstrate it, and then see visible evidence of their growth. And that is exactly what this implementation guide is supporting. Let's hone in on a skill, 
pick a performance level that's supportive of where your learners are, model that skill, give them the opportunity to practice and see their own leap from one level to the next, see visible evidence of their growth. And so that, that yeah, to me, that's a really exciting piece of this work. And again, built into the competency implementation guide. If we're, if we're applying this action research approach, like, okay, I'm going to be really intentional about where we're the exact skills we want to teach and the exact tools we're going to use to gather data and even engage learners in the process of seeing their own growth. Um, that is going to nurture their sense of confidence and belief in themselves or, or efficacy as Bentor described it. Um, and the, pro the things you just described, all of those steps are again, built into the guide to support teachers in this work. Awesome. 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 Well, one thing that you said, um, I, I wanted to kind of circle back to, because I'm not sure if we explicitly um, shared this, but as far as the actual makeup of this guide, like what is the format of this guide? Is it self-paced? Is it something that a teacher can do individually or should they do it in a group setting? Um, talk a little bit about how the guide is actually set up and who its targeted audience is for. That's great. Thank you for that question. So the guide is structured um, as a, a, a step guide, literally. It's, it's broken up into to 10 steps that you can follow. And, you know, if you're new to the guide, you would start with step one, as I mentioned, sort of exploring the competencies. But the neat thing about it is if you um, if you've you know, you've already done those early stages, you can jump right back in wherever whichever step makes sense with your own planning process. Um, so that's the organization of the guide. It's 10 steps. Um, and in terms of the sort of audience and how you might go about using it. Um, it's kind of all of the above. If you're an individual teacher and you're like, I want to try out these competencies, um, you can pick up this guide and use it as an, you know, as an individual uh, and, and through a self-paced process. So I got a unit coming up. I want to implement this competency along with these standards that, that will fit really well together. And I'm going to use this step guide to support me in building the, you know, implementing this competency through the unit. Um, or if you're in a department or, um, you know, or you're an instructional coach working with a team of teachers, um, you could also use it as a, as a team and, you know, even embed lesson study or build this into your PLC. Um, and then finally, as you mentioned, you know, it could, it could even be something that as a school community, a broader group of teachers could say, hey, we're going to choose different competencies. We're going to choose different entry points. All of that's okay, but we're all collectively going to move through this sort of field testing implementation process together. And that could even be tied to whatever PD, you know, planning time, et cetera, it's built in. So really it's flexible. Um, you can pick it up and use it in the way that makes the most sense for you um, as an individual or, or on a team. And then again, there are a lot of resources. So your first run through, you might not click into all of the, the resources that are there, but you can keep coming back. And again, kind of um, peeling back the layers of this guide to support your practice. I love the fact that it's so flexible and that it can meet the needs of so many different people, um, no matter where they are in their process. That's awesome. Hi, this is Heather Bross, one of the coaches from the Office of Personalized Learning. As all of our previous face-to-face -face cohorts have now shifted to self-paced Canvas courses, offering our teams and individuals more flexibility 
and personalized professional learning experiences, we invite you to enroll in the course that fits your readiness. The OPL has also reorganized the way we connect as coaches. Within this new model, each region in South Carolina has an Office of Personalized Learning Coach living in or near who is able to support you from the exploration of personalized competency-based learning to strategic planning and implementation of a personalized competency-based learning system. For example, you or a team may complete a module in launch and you'd like to schedule a planning session or a check-in. Click on your regional map and schedule a time with your coach. Or maybe you and a team are goal setting for the fall. And as a school or a district, you're working to implement the profile of the South Carolina graduate competencies. Just click on the map and schedule a time with your regional coach for support. Wherever you or your team are, whether you're exploring as a member of the Personalized SC community, you're enrolling in the Framework Foundation series to explore even further. Or maybe you've enrolled in launch and you're implementing more learner-centered practices. Or you're registering for our new community of practice sessions, building on the competencies. Wherever you are, your regional coach is here to support you and help build capacity every step of the way. We look forward to seeing you soon. Jumping back into the conversation. Um, so one thing I did want to kind of ask you, and I know you kind of alluded to this, um, jumping back into the conversation. Um, so one thing I did want to kind of ask you, and I know you kind of alluded to this um, at different parts of our conversation, but could you walk um, me through, let's say if I was a teacher and I picked up this guide, could you walk me through what an experience might be like for me if I was using this in my classroom setting? And for context, let's just say I'm a middle school teacher. I want to do this with my math class. We're studying integers. Great. I want to do something with that. Can you walk me through what that kind of experience would be like for me with using the Yeah, guide? absolutely. So you would start by, um, if, you have an, if you've already explored the competencies, then you would move right into selecting a competency, which is step two in the guide. In this case, the best fit competency is likely reasoning quantitatively, which has uh, several skills um, connected to, of course, reasoning quantitatively that you could select from. Um, in this case, maybe it's uh, maybe it's constructing uh, uh, explanations or um, or problem solving, um, and you would figure out okay. So within my unit, where what's my entry point? Where do do I want to adapt a maybe it's a, um, a a performance task that I'm going to be using or um, build this into my rubric in a particular way or modify my lessons to ensure that I'm you know more explicitly teaching these these sort of transferable skills of problem solving while I'm addressing the content around integers. So you kind of, you choose your entry point, you, you get your rubric put together, you figure out, okay, what, what's the data I'm going to collect at what points in this unit um, or lesson series, am I going to collect this data? What am I going to collect? And then you move into the planning piece. Okay. So I've got this unit I'm building or I'm using from last year. 
How can I adapt it to, and here's the key piece here, to explicitly teach the, those, those sort of transferable or durable skills, problem solving skills, for example, um, that I wanna teach, or maybe it's around data representation, what, whichever skill you've decided on. How, do, how does my lesson or learning experience change? Um, what do I need to do differently as a teacher um, to ensure that all learners will have access to, um, back to, back to our idea around apprenticeship, really getting to see the thinking processes that go into the content and skills that I'm working with. Um, and then, you know, how do I ensure they're gonna have, think of a gradual release approach, right? How am I gonna ensure that they're gonna have the practice that they need, the feedback that they need before, you know, a formal assessment? Um, and then what's my plan for that data collection? And I'm gonna move into, um, you know, implementing that lesson, gathering the data, uh, and then the fun part, right? Part, fun part where we get to dig into the student work and think about, okay, it doesn't stop here. And that's a big piece of competency-based learning and personalized learning. It doesn't stop at data collection and grading, right? In fact, that's where the fun begins. What can we see about students' understanding and where they are based on the data that we've collected, on the work samples we've collected, or on, on our, in a conference, how we're talking about their learning? Um, and what happens now? What is the feedback that needs to be provided? What are the additional supports that need to happen? We move teachers through that second cycle of responsive supports and another round of data collection before we consider it sort of, okay, this is, this is where they are. We can assess them on the rubric. Um, and then of course, reflect on the process and um, sort of determining next steps. And of course, just step 10 is sharing and celebrating celebrating your learning. But hopefully that's a kind of a picture of what the process might look like in that particular example. Awesome. Awesome. Now, if I'm a teacher and I'm going through the use of the implementation guide and I need some one-on-one -on -one support or I have a question and I'm not in a group, are there any outlets of um, reaching out that I can employ? Or something tied to the point? action research? Yes, absolutely. First, I'll, I would say in the guide itself, Wherever we've identified a, let's say a pedagogical practice or something tied to the action research process, something that we know is, is kind of complex. Um, we have built out a, an embedded resource that you can click into and go. Um, and we've also captured video of other teachers doing that thing and talking about what it was like for them, what challenges they came up against or how they, how they you know, what they did, how they tried it out. Um, so I would say the first sort of line of support is the, the resources that are embedded into the toolkit. Um, and if you're, you know, if you're an instructional coach or a leader, this is, you know, this is one of those resources you want to get deeply um, kind of delved into and, you know, get really familiar with all the tools and resources that are embedded so that if questions come up for the teachers you're working with, you can be that first line of support. Um, but I would say, you know, um, at Redesign, we have some of our instructional coaches working with the teachers that are featured actually in the videos. Um, and we get the privilege of being their, you know, thought partners and coaches and support in the process. Um, and then of course, you know, the Office of Personalized Learning um, is, you know, also uh, can be a partner in this, in this work. But I would say, you know, the resources embedded were designed to anticipate some of those needs and questions around implementation. Um, and then hopefully in this, you know, in this ecosystem, there are others who can be supportive as well. I like the intentionality that went into the the creation and the thinking ahead about, you know, supports and things like that. Mm. And I think my favorite part might be the videos that teachers um, 
who are in the work are already, you know, being able to talk about their process and things like that. I think that that will be definitely very beneficial for anyone out there listening who would like to jump on board and begin using this um, implementation guide. So kudos to all of the creative thought partners when it came to this. Um, So we talked about, you mentioned this earlier, but let's circle back to this point again. So um, a common question when engaging with something new, which we, we know for a lot of folks engaging with the competencies could be seen as something um, new or a new journey that they're um, engaging in. And it's always really important to be able to see success, like you said, and also to be able to measure your effectiveness and your growth. Hmm. Um, because it's one thing for me to engage in a practice, but it's another thing for me to really be able to see evidence of my growth so that I can continue to be encouraged to keep going further. Mm. Um, So you mentioned this earlier in our conversation, but I'd love for you to talk a little bit more in depth on um, how users might be able to track their growth Mm. um, as a result of engaging in this implementation guide. That's great. Such a great question, Carrie. So um, there are two primary ways that we can get really excited and feel good about ourselves and our progress um, by being able to see visible evidence of growth. And that's happening at the student level and at the teacher level. I'll start with the student level because this is all about implementing the competencies and the competency framework itself is built uh, in this developmental way where you know, each level on, on, the, on the continuum is a developmental milestone that we then use to build our rubrics. We are starting from a strengths-based approach, approach where we can see where learners are. And in the guide, we encourage self-assessment as a starting point. Let learners unpack the rubrics themselves. Hopefully you're using multiple levels with learners um, so they can see sort of the trajectory of, of skill development. So it's transparent for them and they can be active participants in you know, monitoring their growth and seeing their progress. So we encourage folks to start with unpack this thing with learners so they get it. So the language is internalized and they understand it. Um, whatever that looks like for your learners, drawing pictures, building co- mind maps, putting it on the wall or what are virtually did whatever, in whatever way. Um, and, and then using the learning experiences uh, to support learners in being able to demonstrate growth on that rubric. So as a teacher, uh, this can be really profound because you yourself are seeing the impacts of your effective planning, your effective instruction, and the, and the, um, the sort of ways that you've set up the tools to measure growth and make it visible for learners. It's also visible for you. So that can be an efficacy building experience for teachers as well. So I would say first and foremost, being able to see your learners growing on these really important lifelong skills um, is one way that I think teachers can um, really groove on this implementation guide and get excited about the work. There's another way though, that we've built into this guide to support that experience, that sort of efficacy building experience for teachers in particular. Um, and we, that is that we have built out a um, sort of an implement a progression, if you will, for teachers to think about their implementation of the competencies. So in a similar fashion as the competency framework, level one is sort of the, um, the lowest hanging fruit or the least complex way to just try out the competencies in your practice. Um, and each step up from that first level offers a little more of a complex approach, a more robust approach to fully integrating the competencies. So the first level might be just adapt something you already have using the indicators that are in the competency framework for the skill you've chosen. 
and, and try that out. And the highest level on this progression for educators is, you know, fully either design or, um, yeah, design a competency aligned unit of study or project that you're going to implement that actually attends to maybe one sort of, um, quote unquote, you know, academic competency, like reasoning quantitatively, for example, and one more sort of efficacy building um, or social and emotional learning competency, like sustaining wellness or learning independently for just as an example. So you can see there's a quite a range and complexity um, of, you know, where you could start. And so as a teacher or as a coach or as a school leader, you can use that progression um, with teachers or for yourself, if you're doing this on your own, to see kind of how you yourself are, um, are uh, demonstrating uh, growth in your own implementation practice. Awesome. Awesome. Could you talk a little bit about the time commitment that might be associated with using the implementation guide? Is there like a, I mean, is this built out like in a course format to where it should take X amount of weeks to complete? Or um, is it your recommendation that it's kind of go at your own pace? Um, tell me a little bit more about um, time commitment that has um, these you know, guide. That's great. So um, wonderful question. Uh, the guide itself is um, it's a digital PDF that has these, you know, embedded hyperlinks. Um, and I think it's about 28 pages or something um, loaded with resources, though. So you could spend, um, I would say, a good number of hours just getting into the guide and exploring it and, you know, and just sort of scanning it and getting a sense of where do I want to start? What would be most meaningful and relevant to me? Um, but I would say, so I would say to get to know the guide, I mean, you can scan it in, you know, 20 minutes to get a picture of the whole, but yeah, you could spend some solid hours just digging into the guide. Um, in terms of the time commitment, I would say that depends on the entry point that you choose for your implementation. As I shared earlier, you might start with level one, which is, let me just adapt something I've already, I already have built and, you know, try a small scale implementation out. So maybe that's as simple as a couple of hours, some planning work and then the implementation and then the, um, you know, some, some, some soft data collection. Um, and that's, a, that's absolutely okay. Like if that's where you are and that's the way you want to, you know, get your feet wet with a guide, that's great. Um, the most robust implementation um, is really reflected in um, the intensive supports program that Redesign is implementing in partnership with the Office of Personalized Learning with teachers um, across the state and South Carolina, where we're engaging in um, sort of a, a, a multiple month coaching, instructional coaching cycle where you know we teachers will choose a competency, choose an entry point, but it's typically a you know either further down the levels of um, implementation or we try multiple levels together. So we might cycle through. Hey, we'll start with level one. That's where you are. Wonderful. And then we'll try at level two. And that you know that's happening over multiple months, um, where the coach is partnering up with teachers in their planning period. Um, of course, you're implementing in class. You know whatever um, you know curriculum or units or projects that you have planned. Um, and then, of course, doing the, the data collection. A lot of the steps in the process um, are truly just like good teaching and learning, right? Just good design, good implement, good instruction. Um, but I don't want to. I don't want to um, present this as something that's you know not another thing. It is another thing. It's a. It's um, it's another layer uh, or thread that you would pull through all the great work you're already doing as a, a designer and a um, and a facilitator of learning. Um, but I would say, you know, yes, it's a weightier thing. It, it adds a layer of complexity. Um, and that's why we come back to our shared why, which is 
these competencies um, are not about compliance. They're about delivering on the promise of the profile of a South Carolina graduate. Um, and so it's, it's, yes, it's complex, but it's also really important. Um, and I believe that disciplinary content is important too, but as a learner myself, I know there's a lot of stuff I forgot right. <laughs> since my K to 12 experience, but the right. durable skills that I develop, those I have with me for life. And that's what this is really about. Thank you so much for sharing that and breaking that down, Sydney. I do have one more question for you, but before I do that, um, share with us your contact information, just in case there's anyone listening to this episode who'd like to reach out to you or anyone else from your redesign team. Yeah, absolutely. So you can, um, you can say hi to us at redesignu.org. That's redesign with a lower, uh, uh, you, the letter you, I should say. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can, I am Sydney at redesignu.org. So you can, <laughs> you can hit me up there. Um, and we'd love to hear from you and, you know, answer any questions or we're, we, you know, we, we have loved our now multi-year partnership with the state department, um, in South Carolina and, you know, our, our, uh, um, our hearts are really full to be able to work with teachers across the state in this really exciting work. Excellent. Excellent. Now, my last question for you, I'm going to I hope I don't trip you up here. I'm going to do a rapid fire question. Can you give us the top three benefits of using this new competency implementation guide? Yeah, absolutely. Top three benefits. Top three. So number one, if you care deeply about your learners feeling success in their learning and getting to see that they can do it. Um, no matter what they've been up against in their life, to be able to see visible evidence of their growth. If you want to see that confidence boost, that growth and self-esteem, um, this is one reason to do it. And let me share real quickly um, what some student voices and teacher voices on what this has looked like from, you know, from implementation across the state. Students said, in this class where we implemented competencies, I feel more independent in other classes um, than in other classes, um, or in another class, I feel overwhelmed, but in this class, I feel challenged, but in a good way, or in another class, I feel rushed to do some assignments, but in math, I feel like I have plenty of time to complete something and make sure it's right. Teachers said, before this implementation, uh, students would be unsure of what was required of them, what would be assessed, where they were in their growth. Now students are able to see quite clearly where their learning places, where their learning places them on the continuum, how that will affect their grades. Or before students would fall through the cracks, which would create gaps in their learning. Now I see them working to fill those gaps for a better understanding of where they are. So I'd say one is efficacy wow. for sure. Yeah. Um, another one uh, that I would say another benefit is it's going to improve your practice. We have embedded like evidence-based strategies, tools, and methods. Um, for great teaching and learning um, and for action research. Um, so not just doing the thing, but studying the thing and getting better at it and really reflecting on your practice. So if you're, um, you know, it's been a crazy um, year and a half that we've all been living in, but I know um, that educators across the country want to do their best work for their learners. And this tool, um, this implementation guide um, is going to support that. And then finally, you know, I was focused on efficacy first. I want to focus on sort of equity in life after school. Um, by implementing these competencies, by using this toolkit to support implementation of the profile of a South Carolina graduate competencies, this is like money in the bank for the futures of these young people, right? These are the, the durable, the lifelong skills that are going to set them up for success in 
and just being a human in the world, right? Sustaining wellness is one of our competencies. Navigating conflict is one of our competencies. Building networks, because we know social capital is essential to economic mobility in this country. This is about, this is about equity. Um, those just being human, right? Or, or, or supporting you in your career um, pathways or, or being, a, being a good citizen, right? Engaging as a citizen is one of our competencies. If you care about building a better community, a better world and creating equitable pathways for all of our kids, no matter where, what their life uh, journey has been up to this point, um, this is one way we can, um, we can do well by our learners and support them beyond this moment, beyond this year and well into the future. That is excellent. And one other, a fourth one I might add is Please. that it's free <laughs> yeah. for all who That's would like right. to engage. All of this is free for free, free. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. And the Office of Personalized Learning, y'all are doing amazing work. And I want to thank you for, um, you know, allowing us to be a part and putting, putting this tool together and getting it out into the world, not behind a paywall, as you've said, but something that is widely accessible. And again, yeah. just a plug, even if you're not in South Carolina, like this will apply and <laughs> trust us, this will yes. apply, check it out. But yeah, hats, uh, you know, hats off to you at the office of personalized learning for doing such, um, such good work in the world, putting it well, out Well, thank you so much, Sydney. I really appreciate you jumping on and, um, chatting with us today. Always love having you on our podcast. Um, and so for everyone listening, we'll be linking the competency implementation guide in the description notes, um, and we'll be right back to close things out. Thank you so much, Carrie. Thanks again for tuning in to today's episode of Making It Personal. Connect with the Office of Personalized Learning by visiting our website, personalizedsc.ed.sc.gov. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, share with a friend, and tune in for a new episode every month. We'll catch you next time on Making It Personal. See ya!